Hello, I'm Derek Doak, and you're listening to the Real Talk Podcast. For over 25 years, I've been serving the investment property industry, from preparing tax returns for property owners when I worked in public accounting, to creating and managing multi-million dollar syndications as a commercial broker. Throughout my career, I have always had a passion for learning and teaching what I have learned to others. This podcast is for commercial property owners and those who provide professional services to owners. My goal is to bring value to you through the sharing of best practices and industry knowledge. Each episode is geared towards providing knowledge and insights around topics and trends affecting property management, asset management, and investment management. Please enjoy this episode, and if I can be of any assistance, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly at Derek at DokeMail.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Real Estate Investments Insights, our property and asset management edition with my co-host, Jordan Elliott. Great to see you, Jordan. You know, fresh Same off of trip to Hawaii, so he's got lots of information to share. Um, this is our December recording, December 2023. So we felt it would be great to kind of just give a year in review of how we see it and how we've seen it with our clients, uh, especially around the family office that we work with and then also the professional investors that we work with and kind of give uh, our two cents and perspectives of how uh, they've kind of shifted their business models um, through these times in 2023 and what they're talking to us about for 2024. But I also thought it'd be great to talk about too, from a tenant's perspective, as we've gone through and done a fair amount of renewals, adding new tenants, kind of those marketplaces and where we're seeing a lot of traction and activities. Uh, But first I want Jordan to kind of kick off, um, as we all know, Jordan is the more articulate one of the two of us. Uh, he also does a lot more research and reading than I do. That's why I lean on him. And like any good, you know, business person, you surround yourself by people a lot smarter than you are. So uh, luckily, Jordan has other people around him that are smarter than me. And then I've got Jordan around me who is smarter than me. So, uh, you know, Jordan, you and I chatted a little bit about some of the studies you've been looking at, um, especially here in the Northwest and what we work with. Um, if you don't mind sharing some of that data points, and then we'll dive into some of the things about our year in review. Great to see you, Derek, for this December meeting. And uh, I did just come back from Hawaii. And in fact, I was telling some of my family and friends there about our work together. And I would have described you exactly on the other side of what you just said about me. It's like, I'm surrounding myself with the smartest <laughs> guy I can find. And I'll put Derek in that category. So I guess we're a good match <laughs> since neither of us think we're at the top of the game. Um, no, I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to this session because I think it's been uh, an interesting 2023 and it'll be good for us to stop and reflect on it a little bit. And then, uh, you know, as you said, read the tea leaves for 2024. Of course, neither of us are economists by training. We're just, you know, real estate guys. Uh, so we can't, can't speak with the level of detail that some of the economists that I've heard recently have been able to, but I think there's some insights we might be able to share based on what we've been listening to and reading um, that could be helpful for our listeners. So, you know, if, if we take a minute, look back at 2023, I would say that, um, you know, from a real estate standpoint and a broad economic standpoint, it's been characterized by uncertainty. And we've talked about that in some of our previous sessions where, you know, there's just been this big question of if, uh, inflation can be tamed, if there can be the so-called soft landing, if consumer spending can keep up. And, and as we know, that drives a lot of the, the tenant businesses in our commercial real estate portfolios. Um, and I think as we come to the end of the year, it's it's all kind of worked out pretty well so far. You know, the soft landing seems like it might be happening. You know, consumer spending has kept up. I read this morning that, 
you know, Black Friday and Cyber Monday or something that people are watching closely to see how those days transpire and if consumer spending is going to stay where it's been. And that 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 is to say uh, robust spending or if it's going to decline. So there's that. But as I was mentioning to you before we started, as we look towards 2024, I actually I was just reading a study here that came across my desk of 1,250 small and middle market businesses that's between with revenues between 10 and 500 million which could easily contain both the kind of uh, family offices and investors in real estate that we focus on, as well as many of the tenants in our real estate portfolio. And the takeaway for me is that there's there's what they call a mixed mood, but overall optimism on the coming year. Um, and the, the stats I was sharing with you is amongst that group, 58% of those businesses expect their revenue to increase in 2024, 51% expect profitability to increase, 38% expect to add more employees and 47% expect uh, demand to increase. And of course, these are businesses across all sectors. So I, I look at that along with what we're seeing in our commercial real estate, you know, new leasing and renewals to be a, a general sense of optimism of what 2024 will bring. You know, businesses are growing. Businesses are focused on taking advantage of new opportunities, you know, now that we're really post pandemic. And so you know, I, I think that as we talk about 2024, we can start with the sense of optimism. Yeah. And, you know, the, the beauty of what we do for a living is we're around a lot of optimistic people to begin with. Right. And uh, entrepreneurs are always optimistic, uh, which is always great. And then anytime I feel like when I talk to uh, people like myself who are looking at real estate, it was hard for me to go from going, I can do this in 12 months to going realistically is 36. So it's always that mindset of just saying, okay, the, the excitement, and then also kind of pulling it back and saying, look at history, look at what it really takes to do certain things. Um, and we have these conversations a lot, because especially when you have a, a client that has a property that has a vacancy coming up, and they kind of get into that um, panic mode, because their loans come in due in 2025, they got a big vacancy, they got to fill, and they're afraid the rent's going to come way down. And then of course, everyone's watching their cam expenses. And I felt like 2023, when I look back on it with the clients that we work with, that was one of the big pieces of it was where are my cam going to go? Right. The cam expenses have just really crept up in industrial, uh, in, in retail, in an office, um, especially if you're in the, in the inner city areas where you've got a lot more graffiti you're dealing with. You just got other costs associated with it that have increased our cams. Um, and then also, management fees you know we can't afford to run our management companies like we've had in the past because of the extra cost it takes and the cost of employees the cost of benefits the cost of everything has really gone up and uh and and i think this kind of takes us back to part of that study that we talked about before too about the top three things these individual business owners are looking at and it applies to all of us as business owners as well as real estate holders is, you know, how can we be more efficient? What can we make that's going to be more efficient? Is there technology that we can put in place that's going to allow that to be efficient? Can we double up on certain things um, without losing the tenant in a way that's going to allow them to know they're still being covered? So I'm not talking about efficiency where you're pulling back costs, you're not doing landscaping or making the property nice or had the day porter come in as often as they did. It's more of how can you be more efficient? And business owners are looking at that. Uh, and that was one of the big things out of 2023 uh, tools. 
there's a lot of tools out there that can allow property owners to get more efficient as well. So tools across the board for every business, we're all doing it, right? All these SaaS softwares, everything that's out there, um, everybody's looking at. So 2023 was kind of a lot of, uh, I guess, demos, looking at ways to be more efficient, looking at things that, to get tools. What I would advise though, is I went through so many demos on tools and efficiencies um, with a technology twist, my piece is make sure it works. Make sure it works. There's plenty of salespeople out there that are going to tell you this software is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But when you actually try to put it in practicality or put it in use, sometimes it's just not going to get there and you're back to where you were and use an Excel spreadsheet or something else. So, uh, but tools is a big theme. And then of course, business models and, you know, both you and I, Jordan, are fortunate that we're in a network with NAI uh, Global that has a lot of really smart business owners as a part of it. So we have these roundtables to hear about best practices and how to get you know more efficient. And it's not about how to raise money to make more money from your clients. It's about how do we serve our clients better so we can continue making the monies that we're making. You know, and that's and I think that's one of the the big keys around the takeaways for 2023 for me, as it relates to those types of mindsets and working at our clients, you know, the family offices that are looking at their portfolios. Um, and then of course the professional investors, you know, how do we incorporate these tools? Um, and the last piece I'm going to add on that is really what the watch out for is AI and blockchain. There's, those are the two things in my mind that I'm really doing a lot of reading on and uh, trying to understand when it does become mainstream for us in our professions as real estate property managers, asset managers, or investors is how will that blockchain and how will that AI affect me? And I think there's not anything there yet, but, is getting close. So, and this goes back to my earlier comment about make sure things work before you jump in with both feet. I mean, I'm getting pitched investment opportunities in AI companies almost every single day. And blockchain was two years ago. So they're all pushing and telling a great story. So be careful on getting wooed into something. And I'm back to make sure it works before you put money in it. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think from the looking back on 2023, from my perspective, and then looking at the small business and middle market uh, from a business owner perspective, you know, there's, there's definitely more optimism than there was in August today as we go into December. Absolutely. And, um, just to, to jump in on my thoughts here, I'll share that survey I was uh, talking with you about before we started. And you just referred to the, um, Again, 1,250 small and middle market companies. There were eight priorities identified, and the top three are number one, digitize to improve efficiency. Number two, invest in financial tools to protect the business. And number three, change the pricing model. So to, to pick up a couple, um, to reiterate and add to a couple of the points you made, Derek, digitize to improve efficiency. I, I think that's just, uh, as somebody in our office often says, that's kind of table stakes right now. You, you have to be doing it whether you're a commercial real estate business or you're a retailer or an office or an industrial, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It kind of cuts across all those categories. You've got to be digitizing to improve your efficiency because costs are rising in so many areas. And you hit the nail on the head in terms of employer employee costs, 
and employer costs for um, for your staff. Uh, all the CAM costs that are passed through to our tenants and insurance is a huge one, which we probably should dedicate a whole podcast to the terrible state of property insurance right now. Uh, but all those things need to be offset by finding efficiencies and using digital tools. But to your point, Derek, I, I couldn't agree more with um, the advice to anybody who's listening to this podcast that as they look to invest in new digital technology, you have to make sure it works. Uh, we have a terrible uh, experience in our history of our company where we purchased software that it turned out, frankly, didn't work. Uh, you know, maybe it was an acquisition of some big technology company that we were already associated with and they tried to plug it into their software and it just frankly didn't work. Um, so you have to approach that with a lot of caution. And to tie that to the AI, we actually looked at some digital tools that were advertising that they would use AI to increase the efficiencies of processes like uh, lease abstracting. And we, you know, we've kind of got a feel for how to dig into those sales calls and those webinars and figure out what really is going on. And it, it turned out that it just, it, frankly, it wasn't really working. I think that company was employing something like 3,000 people across the company to, to really augment what the AI was doing. In other words, it wasn't really fully baked. So that's an example of a technology that wasn't there. On the other hand, we've been very happy with the use of AI in our insurance compliance work where that particular startup, uh, Jones, which has now gotten quite established, they've done a great job implementing AI along with human reviewers um, at a very reasonable and efficient cost to to make that work of insurance compliance much, much easier and crucially much more accurate. So it's it's a mixed bag and you have to be very discerning as you dig into those things. Um, the second thing I want to mention here is in investing in financial tools to protect the business. You know this, Derek, because I've talked about it a lot. I think our listeners have probably heard it, that cybersecurity has to be top of your list. Um, I was just actually working before we started our our podcast today on some collaborations with third parties to review our cybersecurity and our implementation of all of our just kind of infrastructure IT tools. You got to be doing that in every respect, whether you're a commercial real estate owner, whether we're thinking about our tenants and the kinds of things that they're doing, the bombardment of, of hacks and phishing scams and all that stuff is just never ending. So I agree with this idea that that's a top three priority. And then final, finally, changing our pricing model. You know, I, I think we all have to do that, whether you're a retailer and you're thinking about how you're engaging with your customers, whether you're a service provider, uh, you know, a medical or or just kind of like discretionary service provider, you have to think about your pricing model. And of course, us as commercial real estate advisors and property managers and brokers, we have to think about our pricing model so that it meets what our clients need, but also keeps us afloat. Yeah. And, and along with pricing needs, we're always trying to step up our skill sets. Right. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, what I fr frustrates me, I don't mind paying more for a service or a product, but I expect to get something else in return versus just the same old thing that I received. I mean, with that, and that's one of the big pushes that, that we've been pushing on. And, and I know Jordan, you and I talked about this is how do we provide more value to our clients? And, and right now in these times, the most value that we can bring to the table is really helping them understand the tenants where are the tenants at, what are the tenants looking for? How can we help the tenants be more successful? Um, I feel very fortunate that most of the accounts that we work with, I would, I'd say all of them, actually, I'm trying to think through if there's any of them. I haven't had one year in conversation with the uh, ownership group about how can we get more out of the tenants? It's always about, 
are we providing enough to them? How do we make sure they stay? How do we provide enough value? And there's always within reason, right? I mean, there, you have to be within reason, but at the same time, I like those are the type of clients that we like to work with. I know you do as well as the ones that are looking out. If I can make these tenants successful, I'm going to be successful. And so by adding the, the, the tools that you just talked about and, you know, how to, how to add more, uh, around the, the the digital aspect of things. Um, and AI is here. We know AI is going to be a part of what we do in the future. We know blockchain is here. It's at what level will that affect us? Will every lease for a property be in blockchain in the next 12 months? No. But the next 10 years, is it, are you going to be looking at properties where it has all the history of that property when you go to buy it in a blockchain format and has been verified and you know it's true and accurate? I'd say it's a high probability. And a lot of that's going to come because now AI is going to allow that to happen of pulling those in. So I love technology. I love being a part of it, but I also have an accounting background. And my mindset is always the reason why CPAs are the last to adopt is they want to make sure it's ironclad, perfect and working multiple times over before telling their clients about it. And I think that don't get caught in the hype. I think that's my big message is don't get caught in the hype. Stick with the basics, keeping the tenants happy making sure that your property is, you know, up to speed, making sure you're doing the right insurance quotes, making sure you're taking care of your loans, all those things. Um, and you're going to come out ahead. I, I just, I, I truly believe that. And real estate is, as we all know, location, location, location. And, uh, and, and so if you're, if you're looking at your property, it's, are you, do you have the right tenant mix? Do you have the right tenants? And if not, then that's the strategy that you talk about going into. And how do you use technology to help you find those, you know, that right mix? How do you use technology? How do you use the teams that work with you? How do you use your leasing broker? You know, um, we talked about this a lot, which is your team. I always go into 2024. I'll be doing my budget next week for my, my own stuff and making sure I have everything ready to go. Cause I don't want to start the first year saying, okay, what do I want to do this year? I want 2024 locked and loaded first week of December done. And then I'm spending the holidays obviously with family and friends and doing that, but I'm thinking and getting strategy. So my plan and what I advise my clients is use this time to get ready for 2024, be prepared and then get after it versus wait until 2024 and react, be on offense, you know, be on offense, don't be on defense. Well, just picking up that exact point about being on offense, I, I just want to share, you know, you Derek, you and I are optimists, right? And we're always focused on, you know, what's what's the green growing edges of our industry. And um, I think that there are a lot of tenants out there in the market that are on the offense on all these topics that we're discussing. Um, you know, just thinking about people who are taking advantage of the current state of the market to expand their businesses. And we are seeing multiple versions of that particularly on our tenant representation side and brokerage, but also as, as you mentioned, in terms of the stability of many of our tenants in the managed portfolio, you know, and just, just a couple broad highlights. I think that, uh, you know, that consumer spending I was mentioning earlier, which has made, remained robust in a period which you could have argued it shouldn't have, uh, that's driven a lot of new business. And we have multiple multi-market tenant representation assignments, including several up into your Seattle area, and of course, down here in Portland, but also as wide ranging as, you know, L.A. and Chicago and Detroit, where there are tenants who have figured out how to be lean and mean. They're clearly using technology on their side. They're leveraging social media to drive their customers and they're expanding. Um, like we've got one little retailer who's been doing pop ups in various cities 
to test the market and the markets have gone well and they've doubled down and taken like 3,000, 4,000 feet for, you know, selling essentially paraphernalia related to cultural phenomena. And it's been very successful, not to mention some larger medical users, which are just continuing to grow gangbusters. So I think that, you know, if we look, look at our audience and our investors and our family offices, as they're thinking about new tenants for their portfolios, one of their filters should be, how are those tenants using technology? However, they can figure that out. Um, but a lot of it you can find just by going on websites and seeing what they're doing with social media. Just what, what kind of technology are they leveraging so that they're on the offense in terms of how they're growing their businesses? End of that thought. The other thing I wanted to say uh, quickly, because it ties to what you were talking about, is we had a speaker in our office who actually hails from uh, the Seattle area. And he uh, was on the CCIM circuit speaking, and then we brought him in to talk to our brokers and managers. And his whole topic was on chat GPT and commercial real estate. And uh, his name is Dominique Remy. He's worth a shout out. Uh, he was uh, in the tech field working as a product manager for uh, Meta and then pivoted full-time now to doing commercial real estate development. And uh, he just shared some really, really interesting thoughts about the intersection of chat GPT, AI in general, the tech mindset with commercial real estate. And uh, the way I think of it in terms of our conversation is that he utilized chat GPT to develop an entire marketing strategy, including a logo for a multifamily development that he was doing that I, I would just venture to guess if you were to do it with a professional services, you know, design company would probably cost somewhere in the low five figures. He did it with ChatGPT on his own. Obviously, he was thoughtful and deliberate about it, but everything, the whole process he did using the free ChatGPT tool and as a result, saved those dollars. So that's an example to me of how people in the general commercial real estate field or tenants uh, and their businesses are leveraging technology to save tens of thousands of dollars to help offset the increased costs elsewhere and ultimately make their businesses profitable. So that was a really powerful story um, when he came and told it to us. And I'd encourage everybody to be looking for people like this Dominique Remy, who are, are thinking through how they apply these technologies, uh, particularly within the commercial real estate field, because I think it gives us an indication of where 2024 is going to go. Yeah. No, and if you're fortunate enough to meet Dominique, I mean, I know his dad really well. His dad was one of my mentors and, uh, and he's, he's just wicked smart, just wicked smart. And, uh, uh, yeah, he, he I, I met with him when he came out of college and just, you know, you know, he, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. He's wicked smart. He gets it. He understands it. And, uh, and he comes from, I mean, his dad's one of my mentors in multifamily and, and I've known him for many years. He's one of the original CCIMs way back in the day. So, um, yeah, no, that's great to hear. Uh, but I, I think when we talked about tenants, I think that was kind of the last phase we were going to kind of incorporate in our podcast here was, you know, tenant focus has got to be always top of mind. And if you're not surveying your tenants and you're not finding out, if you're just getting all the hearsay, um, you're doing a disservice to yourself in how to really maximize and, and get your property where it needs to be. It doesn't matter what type of asset class it is. Um, office right now more so because people are just still kind of spinning on what's going to really happen uh, on the office side of things um, and where it's going to go. I, I mean, I believe there's opportunities there, but um, again, I'm, I'm an optimist. So for me, it's, I'm always looking at where can the opportunities be, but when I think of tenants and I think of what 
I'm hearing the most uh, of what they're looking for, um, you know, it's really safety. They want to make sure that their clients coming into their spaces have a, a secure place to park. They want to make sure, and when I say secure, I think covered or underground, but just that there's lighting, proper lighting, you know, uh, you know, the bushes are trimmed back, things that make it just safe that there's not going to have any type of uh, potential issues. And, and that's not just the urban the projects I've had. I got projects in Eastern Washington and in Tri-Cities and the same conversation comes up, which is they want to make sure that their customers and their employees can be somewhere safe. That's number one. So technology, things that can help them do that, monitoring the properties, uh, using, you know, camera systems, things like that. It's worth the money because tenants appreciate that and they'll pay that in the cam. Again, back to the cam side of things. Um, I haven't gotten much pushback from tenants on fees as it relates to the cams going up because they understand it. But I think that also ties in with what you said, Jordan, that revenue-wise, people are still doing well. People, the 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 customers uh, of these uh, tenants are still spending, and the revenue is there. Um, I think you mentioned earlier. I don't know if you mentioned it in this podcast or another conversation we had, but there was like 58% or 60% of the people that, that were surveyed in this survey anticipated to have more revenue and profits next year. And, uh, and so that gives me hope as well. And it's not just you and me who get excited about doing deals. It's gives me hope that people are thinking optimistically that we are going to get stronger. Um, Trepwire, which is a great podcast and anybody out there, I recommend it highly. Um, but each week they get on and talk about the, the CMBS market and the lending market. And this last week they did a deep dive in a conversation around the, the notes that came out of the last fed meeting and the anticipation that there's not going to be any increases, any increases, and there might even be a potential decrease come Q4 in the, the latter part of the year. So um, that comes back to your concept around, are we on a soft landing or as we been reset where we are and now we're going to grow from here. And, uh, and I, and it feels like it, I mean, it, it, it feels like the, the shoes have dropped. Um, we all know office is hard. I mean, that's, but we're not seeing mass foreclosure. We're not seeing, you know, the, the, the financial crisis, which we're not in a financial crisis. We're in a business crisis more so with the interest rates, not like in the banking crisis we had in 2008. So we're not going to have those types of failures per se. So um, yeah, I think from a tennis perspective, and I think in 2023, they were, they were really nervous the first half going in, but this last quarter having conversations with a lot of tenants, uh, they're pretty excited about going into 2024. They feel like things have been reset where they need to reset. They understand prices have gone up for taxes and other things. And um, it is what it is. Are they extremely happy? No, no one's ever happy to pay more, but they get it. And it's not, us trying to make more profits. It's just us trying to allow them to make more profits. So. Yeah. To, to build on that, Derek, you know, if I reflect on our managed portfolio of about 200 properties throughout the region, Oregon and Washington, primarily with the exception of office, which as you, you just said too, is a different deal. We're not seeing rents come down. We're seeing the opposite. Rents are going up for new tenants, particularly in retail, suburban uh, and industrial, obviously. That demand is still there. Uh, I think your point is really well taken on the sen- in the sense of being on the offense as a owner, uh, management firm, and landlord about the kind of 
situation you're providing for your tenants with respect to security, with respect to the maintenance of the property. Landscaping was a great point on, on yours, but also all the infrastructure, you know, whether it has to do with your sidewalks or your roofs or whatever. I think that tenants want to see that offensive approach from landlords and they're able to take the cam costs if they go up a little bit to take care of those things. And rents are, are covering it by and large across that swath of properties that we manage. So um, that is the basis of my optimism. Now, office, of course, is another conversation. It's it's brutal and rents are down and, you know, cams are up and it's not a happy picture. So that that one's different. But overall, I think that there's a lot of strength in the market. And 2024 is yeah. when I'll be optimistic about, particularly if interest rates level out at what will be kind of on par for historic rates. And it would be even better if they start to dip a little bit, because I think that would bolster um, consumer sentiment across the market. Yeah, and and I, my bullishness on office is if I was looking at having office for the next 10 years, I'd be looking to sign a long-term lease now. I'd be negotiating an extension of my lease if I got two years left. If you have longer than two years, or if you got, I mean, if you got two years or under, I would be renegotiating now because now is the opportunity for you to get that extension. We did two not too long ago where we went to 10 years and helped them get to 10 years. And um, they know they're going to be in that office building and they took more than they needed and they're going to sublease out the other piece of it because this is where we've seen these cycles. And this asset class is in a cycle. If you're an office user and you think you have any opportunity in the next 10, 15 years, you're going to grow or do something different. I would be I would be securing and doing a long term lease and tying that thing up and then to get the sublease rights and uh, and there's opportunity I mean I've I've got clients and I've got friends that have done extremely extremely well in these down markets in whatever the asset class that's really hit hard of doing long term master leases and then doing the subleases after it's a whole new business model it's a whole different way of looking at it. But um, this is where you get that flight to quality. This is where you look for that right opportunity to secure yourself uh, a, a really good office space um, in the markets. And I look at downtown Seattle. I look at downtown Portland. I look at some of these markets going, they're beautiful cities. They're, they're, they're going through some rough times right now, but it's going to get there. I, 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 I truly believe that they're going to get there. And, um, and in the next 10 years, for sure. So if you got an opportunity to get something in those markets, even as an investor, if you have patient money, I think I, I still think you'll win out in those markets and they're going to look back and go, man, look how lucky they were. They bought this property. It's like, it's not luck. It would hurt right now to buy a $5 million office building downtown Portland or Seattle. It would hurt. But I think in 10 years, that's going to be a $10 million or $9 million, $11 million, right? I mean, you're going to you're going to be up there in, in yeah. five years. It might be double. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that's, you know, so don't pain is, you know, pain is where the money is going to be made. Um, and that's, you know, if you, you just got to wring out as much of the risk as you can. So going to 2024, I mean, I've been personally looking for an office building for an acquisition um, to add to my portfolio on the retail side. I, I would like to get a small office building, um, and, uh, and, and so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. I've got my investors teed up that says, look, when something comes along, I want to get something. Uh, and they're kind of hemming and hawing going, why would you want to? And it's like, remember 2013, remember 2001, remember, I mean, there is times that office was 
you know, something that you didn't want to have. Their retail was at one time. Residential was at one time. I mean, um, I did want to add the one piece that you mentioned earlier about looking at your properties and the cost of things. We did a, uh, I'm building some uh, um, fractional ownership homes over in Manson and Chelan. And our lumber prices have come down about 30% on our lumber packages. So I think from a supply perspective, you're starting to see those types of things happen too, where you're getting inventory stocked up because a lot of things have been pushed back and TIs aren't being done. So those who do TI work, I've been hearing from are, you know, they're offering some pretty good pricing. So if you're in a position where you're looking at expanding your property, or I would advise getting the highest and best use analysis first before you just throw money at it. But if you kind of figure out where you want to be, now's a good time to be looking at some potential, you know, add-on development pieces. Um, ground up, still gets pricey. Permit fees are high, those types of things. But I'm talking about just adding on to where you currently are. Something to consider going into 2024 uh, and and catching the tail end of this um, pessimistic aspect by a lot of people. And you might be able to take advantage of it and turn it fairly quickly within 18 months to be on the positive side. So just uh, just my thoughts. Very good. I, I I strongly agree with your comments about office. And I, I think that five years from now, we'll be looking back at 2022, 2023, and maybe the beginning of 24 and saying, man, the folks that were able to get into the office market at that time, they've done well in, in Portland and Seattle. Even though, as you and I talked about, as optimists, we still are struggling right now with the condition of downtown Portland and downtown Seattle. I mean, it's rough for those of us who've been around. But there's an opportunity there, and I think people will will benefit in the long run. You know, and and Derek, as we wrap up this one and think about the next, something that's come up a lot for me recently is an area of expertise of yours, and that is thinking about creative strategies for building investments and looking for ways to generate capital because not everybody can just write a check for $5 million for a downtown office building. But there are people out there that can be brought together and build um, kind of an investment group that can take down opportunities that help mitigate some risk. And that's something I'm trying to learn more about from you and from others. And something we might talk about uh, in a future podcast is how to be opportunistic in these times. Yeah, I think it'd be a great topic. I, I recently had a couple of family offices reach out and mention that they're looking to get more into being the money behind the people with the pool right so they want to be they want to be the money in and 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 allow and and take obviously uh ownership in it but they want somebody else to run it and be a part of it so there's there's a lot of people looking creatively of how to the ones with the capital how to deploy it into groups but also those out there who are looking at acquiring and doing some investments of how to you know attract those investors uh to participate with and um yeah, no, it's it's. I I wrote down here. I've got property insurance is mm-hmm. uh, is one, um, and then uh, and then I then I did a circle back on the AI and blockchain on how that's affecting property owners. I think would be a good a good topic, and maybe and maybe on that one we get Dominic to participate with us. We'll bring in a guest. Well, we're really taking our our 2024. We're going to take our show to the next level. It's going like to be it. you and me, and we're going to bring a guest on. And, you know, next thing you know, what we're going to be on, you know, King Five News. We're going to be, you know. We're going to have all kinds of uh, all kinds of fun stuff, but uh, but I think I think I, I I think we're at that point where it'd be good to bring in, especially in some of these technology things that you and I know just not to be dangerous. Um, bringing in some of these expertise that can really help our our listeners um, navigate it 
uh, through their through their uh, their property ownership or brokerage business. To that point, I mean, we brought Dominique in to speak to our brokers and our managers because ChatGPT and commercial real estate, that's just something you got to be thinking about. And um, interestingly, to your point, we had our uh, long-term and very trusted insurance broker for the property insurance. You know, we we run a master insurance policy for um, the managed properties that we have that, that can qualify for that particular program. And we brought our broker in who's really quite... Um, expert and articulate. And he spoke to all of our clients about just the disaster that's the property insurance market right now. I mean, between me and you, Derek, I think that there's a reckoning that's going to happen there because it's just not sustainable. I mean, insurers are pulling out of, you know, Florida, California, they're just stepping out of whole regions, not insuring things. It's going to come to commercial if it's not there already. So um, yeah, to your point, we might look at bringing some of those folks in on the podcast and maybe those who are listening, we'd love to know your feedback. You know, you want to, you want to get a third member in here yeah. uh, on a, on a guest by guest basis. And, and uh, that'd be interesting to know how people think about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, always looking for feedback on topics to cover for sure. So um, with that, uh, I think we'll, we'll get back to our daily business and then uh, welcome back from Hawaii and, you. Uh, you know, get back in the saddle for the, the first day after Thanksgiving break. And now we've got to hit the gym this week to get rid of the pie and get ready for, uh, you know, the, the, the Christmas cookies coming that will start next week. So we got one week of uh, detox here from uh, sugar and, uh, and, and pie and uh, get ready for the rest of the holiday. It's the truth, man. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, thanks a lot. Anybody out there have any questions, reach out to us. Uh, you can DM us, you know, you know, through the podcast or, or however else uh, you find us, uh, um, and, uh, and we look forward to uh, bring more information. If we don't have something out by the end of the year, uh, we definitely will be back the first of the year and everybody have a great holiday season and a happy new year and, uh, and wish everybody well. I agree. Thanks, Derek. And I look forward to seeing everybody soon. All right, everyone. Take care. Have a great day, everyone.